1: I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. So joining me today on Psychomedy Daily Dose, it's Al LaBelle. Al, hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I haven't seen you in a while. Well, we we just talked before the show started. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean. I haven't seen you in five seconds while I was just checking my watch.
0: i know it does seem when you when you haven't seen me for a little even five seconds feel feel
1: (laughs) you've changed you've changed so much in those five seconds you know (laughs) Um, yes usually my um my massive amount of research for these daily podcasts that i'm doing now because i don't have much time um are looking at your twitter and unfortunately i don't think you've tweeted for a year so i couldn't really do and if a comedian doesn't tweet, do they still exist? That's that's my first question.
0: Right. I hardly ever do it. A friend set me up like, what, 10 years ago. I'm not good at the technology stuff and I only use it to like uh, occasion uh, to announce like I'm doing a show somewhere. So there should have been some of that crap, you know, but yeah. I never say anything other than, you know, I'm doing the show. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I never got to do that.
1: OK, cool. So how are you in this lockdown? Where are you? Where are you?
0: I'm in uh, Nunhead, southeast London. It's uh yeah. next to Peckham.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. And how's um how's it been going these last five or six weeks?
0: Uh yeah, that's a
1: good question.
0: I don't know how to <laughs>
1: <judge>. <laughs> It's an unexpected question at this time. <laughs> I wasn't thinking I about no that. I
0: had no idea you'd ask that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's been going on i haven't seen the news <laughs> there will be people A made of mine i made to mine doesn't list, watch the news or doesn't want to talk about news so i haven't actually talked to him it'd be delightful if he didn't know <laughs> he makes a big point of for his mental health i don't want to know about the news I've, he's never read a newspaper he's also never looked in a mirror and he's the happiest person that i know he floats around there's a beautiful kind of oh, ethereal cool. quality to him because he's not weighed down i don't know if you watch a lot of right. news and what we talk about on this sometimes and we partner with a counseling service and one of the top tips for mental health at this time is don't get weighed down by the negativity in the news and uh um, well,
0: luckily i'm already weighed down i've, I've been pre-weighed <laughs> down So nothing can really add to it. Uh, But one question uh, I want to ask, just before, because I'm afraid I'm going to forget to ask about your friend. Hmm. He never looks at the news, but have you kept in touch with him at all during this lockdown? Like he does know the lockdown's happening.
1: Well, this is the this is the thing. I haven't I don't think I've talked to him. He he lives um yeah, he lives in Brighton. I've not uh, like that's an excuse not to talk to him at this time. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he lives in Brighton, of course i of course I haven't kept in touch with him. <laughs> no, I haven't talked to him for five or six weeks, but no, I'm sure he does because he has you friends. For five or six
0: you mean you stop talking to him at the beginning of the lockdown? <laughs> Just when you have almost time to talk
1: to him? Don't make me feel bad. I've got, I've got, I've got at least five friends I need to stay in touch with. I've got two kids. They're my friends. They're my best friends. My kids. I don't have enough hours in the day. Yes. You prompted me. You prompted me to get in touch with him. And, uh, but I, don't, I, you know, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I mean, not that it will be bad news to him because it won't be affecting him. You know, no,
0: I'm just curious about this. This is a fascinating thing that a guy, because I've always thought about doing that, but it's a great thing. But, when you talk to him, say, like a month before the lockdown, hmm. you had any sense that he knew about this coronavirus thing? Because he doesn't ever watch the news or anything. Yeah. I wonder, did you ever did you have a sense that he had no idea of this thing?
1: Well, because I know he never watches the news. I never talk to him about those kind of things. And that's what I mean. There's a, there's a lightness about that because he'll talk about love and relationships and being happy and rollerblading and getting out on his bike in the South Downs. And these are more delightful things sometimes to talk about. Um, and, you know, he's also very silly and childish and, but he's also, you know, into his businesses and he wants to be a success and wants to be a good plumber and wants to learn stuff. Um, so yeah, he's a really interesting person he to talk to.
0: doesn't complain about plumbing at all, physically hard, no bitching, no bitching about how no. it's tough to get under the sink and it's just exhausting.
1: No bitching. That's a good point, really. I've never, never heard him. I can't think of a... Yeah. And that's why I associate it with being very light and being very... It was a lovely Is
0: really comic. Spiritual? He was, Is he like a spiritual Buddhist kind of... Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: He's, he's got more into that over the last couple of years. Um, And, uh, yeah, he keeps trying to get me to these kind of free dancing things. I don't know whether you've ever been to one of those or heard of those. But, yeah, just um, a little bit of therapy, a little bit of meditation, a little bit of dance all kind of roped into you know an hour or two it's just kind of free dancing with a bit of dj and stuff so yeah so a dj
0: that's a free dancing thing anyone gets on a dance floor and just starts dancing there's no like would you like to dance is that what free dancing
1: is yeah yeah and it's not about how good you look it's just about moving and yeah it's um, i mean it sounds cool it's like but 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 sometimes the reality is maybe um I don't know some men that shouldn't really be there and are just there to look at younger women. Sometimes, right. like a, right. another friend of mine does it, and said, "Yeah, I would go, but there's a lot of men there just kind of want to chat me up." So it's right, like right. there's That's no, right. there's no, there's no person on the door going, "Do you really need this for mental health, right. <laughs> or, or are you just picking up girls?" You know.
0: Well, the ir- irony is both.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they are. They they're are, of just, course, they're
0: twice. They're just there to pick up girls. They need to get more centered and. Be a free dancer.
1: They need <laughs> yeah. to be
0: a free dancer and not pick up girls. That would be their goal, really, a healthy yeah. goal while they're there.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah. it shouldn't really. The question shouldn't really be, "Do you really need this?" Or are you here to pick up girls? <laughs> the question should be, "Are you here to pick up girls and be a free dancer?" For <laughs> some. I don't know if it's possible to do both at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah. or, I'm overthinking that, perhaps. <laughs> Well, you know that's why it's a delight talking to you because you, you're a deep thinker. And um, I yeah, I yeah, right. well, yeah, no, I've I, as, I, as we said before we started recording, I I have done a little bit more research than saw you weren't on Twitter for the last um, hmm. for the last year, and I was listening to your podcast, the Mental Illness Happy Hour with. Uh, Paul Martin So yeah, as I was saying, just before we came on out, I'd love to have you on the main episode of Psychomedy where we drill down into your psychology and your childhood, but my goodness, you've covered that with Paul in such a in such a brilliant way. And it's such a I don't know what the right word is, but it's certainly a fascinating story. Have you
0: have you seen have you heard other ones of his, or you happen to look me up and saw me on that?
1: Yeah, the latter. Yeah. But I certainly um, will I certainly will be checking into this podcast now. Great. And um yeah it was great he
0: was very good i thought he asked really good questions he uh i think i learned a little more about myself just being Mm. through it a little you know and uh he really you know it was it was it was good but i've been in therapy for years i haven't been in i've been thinking about going back lately just a little just because it's hard for me to make decisions a lot it's like i Mm. maybe the deep thinking thing hurts me because i overthink things till the point of exhaustion and even Mm. little decisions i'll overthink there are certain really small ones I could do, like, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. You know, I could do that one. I could <laughs> make the decision, you know, but like anything above that is torture. <laughs> but, or I'm hungry, I could do that one, you know, pretty much. But uh, actually I'm, uh, I'm fasting right now. I'm doing that the fasting thing and I haven't eaten for, I guess, 23 hours. So I'm gonna eat right after this is over. Okay. But uh, have you ever done that intermittent fast stuff? Or you? Uh...
1: No, why are you, why are you doing that?
0: Well, I was doing that for health purposes. I always seem to get colds a lot. And uh, I, that's, you know, that's the reason I started doing it, because I saw online something about it raises your immune system. Because mm. the idea is like when you're fasting, it, it mirrors what the ancient humans did when they didn't purposely fast, or maybe they did. I, I think that we, or the thing was, they, the theory is, who knows if it's true, that there were times when they couldn't find food. And so during those fa- times, they became hunters and they're trying to find foods. But sometimes they could go two, three days or a week or whatever where they couldn't find an animal to kill or anything. Mm. But their immune system had to get really strong while they were starving to keep mm. them alive and to keep them sharp enough to be able to find an animal to kill. Mm. And so their immune system got heightened. And so that's what they have seemed to have noticed in when they're testing fasting. It seems like your immune system gets heightened. Mm. And so uh, at least for... Now, I was thinking when this virus started, uh, I was thinking maybe, I was thinking, should I keep fasting? And I read online, they said, this one doctor that does the stuff, he said, anything beyond two days, I wouldn't do because, and I never do beyond that anyway, but uh, he said, there's some evidence your immune system goes down after two days, but he said, anything up to that? So, I, you know, I'm still doing it during this. But also, like 10 years ago, I was 100 pounds heavier than this. I was very, very overweight. I let myself okay. go seeing a psychiatrist who prescribed drugs to me that one of them uh, was known to really put weight on. Right. And I was already a bit overweight, but that really, and then I start, you know, I'm an addictive personality type person, uh, overeating mm. and especially sugar. And I would go to this uh, health food store in uh, Manhattan and I would trick myself into thinking it was healthy. Like they had organic cheesecake. Uh, <laughs> that was not made even of cheese, it was made of coconut.
1: <laughs> right, and
0: on top of it, these incredible blue, like blueberries, blueberries and sauce, but it was all organic,
1: <laughs> and it was like
0: this is ten years ago. It was ten dollars ten years ago. Right. I would buy two of them and go to Starbucks with them instead <laughs> of eating the Starbucks. And I ordered a large latte. I'd eat like two huge coconut. Each one must have been like eight hundred calories, and so I was putting on wild weight, you know. And I ballooned up to two fifty five. But back then I was working out more, so I had a little more muscles. But still, 100 pounds, I was really borderline obese, you know. So yeah, I've heard
1: good things about the about the fasting, yeah, from a from a yeah, losing weight perspective and, a, and an immunity perspective, yeah, it's good.
0: Oh, really? So, yeah, it's difficult, but I get a little self-esteem out of forcing myself to do it. But it, it is uh, – it's difficult, but I'm starting to – now I'm thinking maybe of trying that carnivore thing. Have you heard of that thing?
1: What, you mean just eating meat or –
0: yeah, right. It doesn't have to just be meat. It could be cheese. It yeah. could be there are some dairy like, products. They spend, like an
1: Atkins, like an Atkins yeah,
0: diet, extreme, extreme version of Atkins. It's beyond that yeah. It's beyond ketogenic. <laughs> ketogenic and Atkins are kind of. I think ketogenic is a little more fat in the diet than Atkins. Even yeah, like ketogenic is related to the Atkins, but carnivore is even more extreme. I'm just thinking about like upping my. You know, I don't know if I can do it. It's difficult, but uh, I haven't tried the carnivore thing.
1: Mm. But uh, I think the Atkins got bad pressed in it? because right. didn't, didn't the Atkins guy, like the um, Segway guy, didn't he? Wasn't he killed by his own invention? <laughs> I didn't know, but I knew I heard he tripped and fell. Yeah, the, the, didn't the Atkins guy die of? Didn't he die? I might be making this up. Die no, of heart problems related to eating yeah. too much, and then the Segway guy died on his Segway, didn't he? I didn't even know about the, the Segway guy died on a Segway. <laughs> I think so. I might be right. totally, sometimes I dream something and say it <laughs> right. as if it's a fact, but I've got a vague memory the Segway guy. I think he went off a cliff on his Segway.
0: Incredible. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I didn't know that, but yeah, Atkins, I had heard there was a, dis- he tripped and fell, but there was an issue as to was the heart, did the heart attack cause him right. tripping? That, that's the last thing I read about it. I don't know. But yeah, I there think- were issues about maybe it's too much protein on Atkins for the kidneys. There were issues maybe too much fat. It's unhealthy. And I think the same kind of issues with the ketogenic thing, people worry about that. But yeah, I think there's more evidence that it's not bad. Mm. But with the carnivore, I feel now I'm neurotic that I don't want to be spreading. You have a lot of people listening to this, right? I'm not <laughs> advocating any diet. I'm not advocating.
1: <laughs> I don't think they're going to take your diet advice, to be honest. I don't think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> a-, a comedian's diet. I trust yeah. a comedian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah how to how to eat i trusted him
1: and <laughs> well, just, you could get you get could get it. sued you know having yeah. practice law you could get sued very easily on this i'm thinking about it because mood you know like i
0: do have like i hate to use labels because maybe it's all bullshit but you know ocd you know obsessive yeah. and uh well you heard the podcast and all about yeah
1: yeah it. i mean I'm interested to know, yeah, I mean, listen to that podcast, Mentally Illness Hour with Paul Gilmartin. There's far too much to, to go into, but you know, yes, you've talked, you, you talk there at length, you know, and you mention OCD and, um, uh, and depression and these things and the, the fact that you've seen therapists over the years. And do you feel like you're in a better place now, having been through all that therapy? You know, do you feel like, you know, the, when you
0: say better place, do you mean my location here in this church? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: I'm talking about Nunhead. Do you feel like Nunhead is <laughs> better than L.A.? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it is, knowing <laughs> what I know about the Peckham area. I don't think, but I don't know.
0: Actually, for me, it is. You know why? Because the area, I hate, again, I'm not attacking a certain area when yeah. I say that. You know? <laughs> uh, please, I don't want to be sued by that. That area won't sue me.
1: I can't do that. <laughs> You can't be sued by an area. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't believe, but I'd like to see that in court. <laughs> <laughs> Lobel versus Nunhead.
0: Right, right. Well, I'm not attacking Nunhead. I'm attacking my previous area. Yeah. Although by implication, I am attacking Nunhead because I'm saying maybe this is good compared to where I used to be before. it <laughs> might be a class action lawsuit actually. Could trigger many different law groups to join in on a look. <laughs> many different areas. Nine different areas. <laughs> Do you want to join our suit? <laughs> Yeah, the previous previous era was Hounslow. Okay. Okay. And that was tough because I, you know, I just, it just shows like, I guess living here in London has helped me being on my own, away from my own country, or just it's made me grow up a little in the sense that I've been having to rely on myself a lot. And I make tons of huge mistakes. You know, I always did in the past, but now they're bigger because it's really myself more, less friends out here. Mm. And uh, more poverty. I was really broke last year, and so I just just enough money to. I found a cheap place in Hounslow. It was only three twenty-five a month, mm. you know. But and I went to see it in the afternoon, and it seemed relatively fun. It was a tiny little room. And it's called a bed sit. That's your you know where you share a toilet down the hall. And, yeah. But it was in the after. I didn't really think about it, and then when I moved in, actually like a week later, I go into my room, and I lie down on my bed, and I realize every five, every like 20 seconds, there's a fucking plane flying over my head. <laughs> this thing is right by the airport.
1: <laughs> You're on Terminal 5 of Heathrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, right above,
1: <laughs> it Terminal 5, right above it.
0: <laughs> or whatever, you know, and I, I couldn't believe it. I thought, what have you, what have you done? <laughs> what have you done? I'll never get to sleep. Every time, and you know, it was hysterical. I was like, I also didn't measure the bed correctly. It was such a small room that the bed went from wall to wall right and of course i didn't come didn't realize that my body need doesn't do that my body has to be now on an angle <laughs> cuz i can't even lie down straight in bed
1: <laughs>
0: but anyway it was agony and the air is horrible outside your window all the plane fumes and mm. uh, and it was you know it wasn't that easy a living situation on that floor but anyway i over- gradually got used to i didn't i heard i had a huge panic attack what have i done the only thing i'm good at is sleeping i'm not even good at sleeping i'm up every hour and a half but at least that's a release but i will never sleep with a plane every 20 seconds mm. well a nice lady next door to me was very nice and she said don't worry about it Your brain gets used to it after a while and it's true <laughs> it really did you know after like a few days yeah the plane didn't wake me up you know because yeah. your brain gets conditioned to it yeah. and it was a kind of a tough area but i kind of i always liked i always wanted the toughness like i used to like 20 years ago Thirty maybe. Now. I used to stay at my friend Dan's house in Hell's Kitchen in Manhattan, mm. and it was a tough area, and it was a tough. But I liked that. Like people didn't. I, it's weird that I gravitated. To, I wanted to suffer. I felt I needed to suffer because I grew. You saw the podcast, but I grew yeah, up as yeah. a world only child. Mm. Everything I, not from a rich family, middle class, but still, everything I demanded, I pretty much got. Mm. So I didn't have a sense I ever suffered, and I think you need to feel that you suffer, not suffered, but like have the self-esteem from getting through something. Mm. And uh, I didn't have that self-esteem because everything was done for me. I Mm. didn't have self-esteem from, you know, taking out the garbage on a cold morning at my house. My father took out the garbage. I never took out the garbage once. Mm. I once remember seeing him with the garbage outside the house. I do remember seeing that. So I had (laughs) an idea what happened to the garbage. (laughs) But, so I think I wanted to suffer by going up the four flights of stairs in hell's kitchen and the ugly hallway and the you know Mm -hmm. stuff you know just and the ugly this and i didn't want too much suffering though because it was too much i couldn't take it i'd panic (laughs) just enough to feel like i'm suffering and so hounslow too but i remember you know but things are much so it's not in my the long answer the short that you're in a better place better yeah
1: you're in a better place you mentioned um the lockdown making you kind of maybe aging emotionally it's something you mentioned on the podcast and it's something mentioned in a lot of therapy that your emotional age and i think you were you were saying that when you were maybe in your 30s 40s your emotional age was put as a therapist at 11 and then you you did a taxi you know you you rode a taxi didn't you and then you wrote you thought that was about 2023 and that's that's fascinating to me it's it's something i bring up sometimes on this podcast and but you went into that is interesting for me. I wonder how you are now, how this lockdown is affecting you, or whether it's just more of the same for you, or whether this lockdown is affecting you differently. I think I've
0: regressed a bit. Mm.
1: Okay. You're back to, you're back to 11. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot of good kids' TV on at the moment, Al. So this is a good time to regress to 11.
0: Right. Well, it's <laughs> interesting because, like, yeah, my I didn't realize it all these years it never really occurred to me, but my uh, my cousin is a psychologist right so that's where i got the 21 figure because i stayed with her like three years ago for like a month i had a couple of gigs in florida right before i came out and moved out here like in uh august of 2017 i stayed with her for like three weeks mm. and i said to her the shrink said to me when i was 11 when i was like 31 emotionally like 11 pre-adolescent he said you're like pre-adolescent mm. and uh i said where would you put me now after living with me for two weeks and she goes. Well, you've talked about driving Lyft. You know, you actually had to support yourself because I went completely broke in LA. Mm. Uh, I was on food stamps and uh, I was on uh, what do you call it? welfare? Mm. And then fi- that for like two months on welfare. And that actually and that constant being completely broke mm. that awakened me. Finally, I was away. I always looked for ways to like survive and not have to work, like because mm. I wasn't getting comedy work out there. So. I was having a tantrum kind of, I wasn't getting an, I was getting just enough to barely survive. And then I wasn't getting enough to survive. So I kind of had a tantrum. Well, I'm not going to get a job and I'm not, if I can't be a comedian, I'm still not going to get a job. And so I was depressed and I was down to like 10 bucks. I had 10 bucks left. And sometimes I had no dollars and I had to go sleep hungry, you know, Mm. but I had to learn that. I had to feel the pain of that. So I, then it finally awakened me to clean my car. And I shouldn't say clean my car was a mess. I did have a car. I was living at a friend's house and the friend was nice enough to let me stay without paying rent. Finally, I got my shit together. I didn't think I could handle driving Lyft. I thought that would have been too hard, too confusing. And I'm getting lost on my own a lot. You know, I'm going to drive people, but I was driven. I had wordplay. I was driven to it, whatever. But I was driven, <laughs> I finally started doing it. And, uh, that gave me some self-esteem. Like, I couldn't believe it. And I got mm. self-esteem from it. Like, I thought, oh, wait a minute, I'm a comedian, and I'm pretty damn good. I shouldn't have to be doing this. Mm. But uh, the truth was I should have to be doing it because uh, I had to get some self-esteem from it. I, I was getting self-esteem from comedy, but mm. I wasn't getting enough work. And uh, did, you get,
1: did you get more self-esteem from the, from the driving than the comedy? Because obviously so comedy very up and down.
0: For a while. For the, yeah, it was such a new thing, the lift thing, that I was amazed I was able to do it. Mm. And it that's was like, a, like an
1: uber an uber service yeah it's like
0: uber yeah. same yeah. thing and i was amazed i was actually able to get through it because it's not easy it's like at first the novelty of it helped me get through it because mm. i would drive like eight hour shift at night you know maybe seven hours i start like eight mm. in the evening and go to like three four in the morning mm. and the time flies when you're doing it a lot because you're kind of when you especially when you're getting work you know when you're getting the calls yeah but uh the novelty, the excitement, the wow, I'm doing this, and getting to meet the real people of LA, not just the fellow actors and comedians at Whole Foods, but uh, you know the real people, that was like eye-opening, like it was exciting. You know, yeah. kind of, and also, I felt like a public servant in a way. I'm doing a service. I actually mm. felt connected to humanity.
1: Yeah. But That's after
0: like, uh, four months of it, it got t- very exhausting and tiring and hard. Right. And so, luckily, I got enough money together to get to Edinburgh.
1: Yeah. uh, well, that's so interesting from a psychological perspective as a comedian that I think probably a lot of comedians would struggle. I mean, you had massive success just before that. You were on Letterman loads of times. You were on Jay Leno loads of times. You were on Johnny Carson, (laughs) weren't you? And you you won that massive comedy competition. And then I think a lot of comedians, even with far less success than that, um, if they started driving a cab, they'd be like, this would be totally damaging to me psychologically. I need to be on stage. But it seems like to you, it was, well, there be was a
0: part that was damaging, especially I remember I picked up some people at the comedy store. My biggest fear was oh. picking up <laughs> the right. comedy
1: store. Okay, yeah. And I knew well. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> you needed uh, to avoid those bookings, Al. Geez, right. don't, don't don't, pick up anyone from the comedy store. Right, now that I think about it,
0: I'm not so sure. Yeah, I wouldn't say who the name of the person was, but it would no. say a local okay. I, yeah, I didn't pick up at the comedy store. And it really depressed me because mm. uh, luckily it wasn't a comedian. I did once pick up a comedian, a big, more of a, a guy that didn't even know. So that didn't bother me. Not at the comedy store, somewhere else. But mm. these people weren't comedians. They turned out to be, I heard them, three people, I heard them in the back of my car talking about the comedy business. And I thought they were just audience. They were talking about the show. I can't remember the comedians' name that they really liked at the show. Mm. But uh, then they were. I discovered they were agents. I heard that they were agents. They were talking about me. And in fact, one of them was representing, I don't want to mention names because I'm kind of attack them in the story. Mm. So if I mention who they were <laughs> people would know maybe who the agent was and so yeah, uh, yeah. i don't want to get sued by areas plus an area. <laughs>
1: yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep you busy for the next year if nothing else right. i hope they
0: can't figure out it's them now from this
1: i haven't heard the story yet
0: tell I'm me this i'm afraid to tell it can i tell <laughs> it? and it's not even a bad story but uh anyway it relates more to my pain than them being okay Let we all know that agents can be jerky a little jerks mm. right they're known for that even here right the That's business, the suits, right? Isn't that true? Yeah. Yeah. Can I now be sued by all agents?
1: <laughs> you worry a lot. If you, if you're <laughs> worrying about saying some agents are pricks, you're, you're definitely over worrying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of joking. On that, but, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: but still, but my point is, I am an over no anyway, this is my point. Uh, they're in the backseat talking and they mentioned this star that they represent and they're having this conversation. And, uh, I, then I thought, in my talk about self-esteem, my self-esteem was lower at that moment, picking up at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. I can't even get a spot at the comedy store. Actually, they offered me some spots there. I did pass an audition with the new guy. I, he warned me before the audition. He goes, ah, look, uh, I am completely overwhelmed between the celebrities I have to put on and the regulars. I have no room, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to look at you. But let me tell you, I have no room. Mm-hmm. I had a very good set. And he said to me, look, you did have a very good set. And uh, but I can give you five minutes, like right after the MC. Be- I could do that for you. Hmm. He couldn't give me a regular spot, and I tried a couple of them. I didn't like it. It's because, especially because on the second time, the MC did no time. So I'm going up to not to nothing. <laughs> And I, I'm expected to do an act. by he's, ma-
1: he's making space for you, Al. He's
0: making... <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: right, right, exactly. That.
0: But I mean, I hated that. I mean, like, you know, because especially my act is a little more you have to, like, go on a... Men- you have to follow my way of thinking. Yeah. I'm the worst pe- person to open up. They need a higher energy, you know, observation. Who was with the plaid shirt, moron? <laughs> you know, that's what they need. And I have said to myself, this is it. I'm not going to... That was it. So I wouldn't call in anymore, you know? What's my point? Oh, my point is so, yeah, I wasn't getting spots at the comedy store. Mm. But part of it was my own problem. But part of it was I wasn't. And it pissed me off. I felt I deserved it. Yeah. You know, that's based on ability. I deserved it. I feel, mm. you know, so anyway, I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm I'm hearing these talk, these agents talk about their superstar client. This is already lowering my self-esteem. I'm driving mm. the agent of a superstar comic. Mm. I felt even worse. And then the part of me thought, well, maybe I can get something out of this. <laughs> so i said to them i'm a comic you know I, actually i'm a comic and one of those agents you know what he said i am too fuck even the agents are getting work as a comedian <laughs> i couldn't even the fucking agents are getting stage time the fucking agents <laughs> i am too and that shut me the fuck up i just kept fucking driving All right i mean even I, I i've heard of agents rejecting me but telling me they're a comedian too. You can't get fucking lower than that.
1: They're rejecting you because they're taking your spots, yeah. Yeah, an agent.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, this is I'm really embarrassed about. I dropped them off three miles before their apartment. <laughs> now I'm just... <laughs> yeah. oh. I did that and said, do you find that funny? Put it in <laughs> your
1: ass. So yeah. yeah. You know, you talk about low self-esteem, but actually the... I, I, you don't strike me as bitter and... um. You know where, where you you could easily be um I mean, maybe I, maybe I don't know you well enough, but you, you know you've had tremendous success, you know you've you've had this enormous success. I mean somebody's been on Letterman and you know um, Jay Leno and you know then he went to drive the taxi, and you, there doesn't seem to be that bitterness there that there would be in a lot of comics.
0: You know what there is. It's a good observation of yours. Uh, it's uh yeah, I I remember one comic once said to me, I won't mention his name he said to me, are you bitter? Mm. This A young, very successful comic we met for lunch. And uh, and it never occurred to me to be bitter. It was weird, like I thought, whoa, I, maybe. I never was bitter, and I really, I think the reason I wasn't, it's not because I'm a nice guy, easygoing Buddhist spiritual guy. It's because I really, on a certain level, never felt I deserved success, a little. A little of that, have you heard about that imposter phenomenon? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, a little I'm afraid of the, you know. And also because being such a child, in my mind, an 11-year-old still maybe, or even maybe 21 or 11. Mm. But I feel like as an 11-year-old, I don't f- wanna be a star, I'm 11. You know, I don't wanna become a child star, that could really hurt me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> that really, <laughs> really messes up your psychology. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a good joke to me. I don't, I <laughs> yeah.
0: don't wanna be a child star. But anyway, <laughs> but no, really, there's a little child in me that's n- never felt ready to be a star. I would have taken it if they gave it to me but I wouldn't have worked hard enough on my own to do it. Cause I think of an unconscious, I have an unconscious fear of growth mm. because number one, cause I feel like a child, but also because that, I've said this before, because like, if you once, I have a huge fear of death mm. and once I become an adult, I'm afraid of it's, I feel it's the next stage towards death. Mm. And in my mind, I feel if I never get to adulthood, I never have to hit deadhood, which mm. is a line I have in my screenplay I've written. Anyway, my point is, but I'm afraid of the trans, it's an, un- I know it's, it's unconscious, but it's also conscious. I know it, mm. but even though I know it, I still, it's still, I still fight it. Mm. I don't want to grow up. I'm like, God, if I had a kid, that mm. would really make me feel old because I'd be thinking I'm fucking next <laughs> to die. This kid's gonna die after me. I'm next. Mm. If I don't have a kid, I'm not next.
1: You know, okay. I'm still, it's, I'm, I'm, it's
0: illogical in a lot of ways, but yeah. the, the girlfriend scares me. I've had them, not many. Yeah, But I, when I felt, but, uh, but, but again, that could,
1: feel that could explain adult.
0: A lot. It feels adult
1: Yeah. But that could, could that explain a lot, really? Like, you know, when you had that massive success with, with Letterman and, you know, you maybe didn't capitalize on it as much as other comics were yeah. done because you feared, you feared that success. That was too adult for you, maybe.
0: Although I was on Letterman five times. yeah Yeah. I did but, five. So I kept coming back and doing it. But I was afraid to, yell. You know, like I've always been afraid to really capitalize and really how do I move. Mm. It's a terrible. And I feel bad about it, though. I do like as I'm getting older, the irony is or the paradox, not the paradox. There's a word. It's not. It's more than ironic. It's sad. Yeah. The older I get and the less opportunity now I have for success, because when you're older, mm. the more I want it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> so, but I wonder whether you had that huge success again that you t- you. You'd withdraw from it uh, because yeah. I don't. I not think person, I hasn't it?
0: You know why I don't think I would because I, not as much because mm. I'm less afraid as a person. Only because I've suffered so much. Yeah. And I think through suffering, I've gotten some self-esteem as a human being. Yeah. I always felt like you saw the podcast. I always felt like an attachment to my mother. You know. Uh, you know, just a, never disconnected. And, yeah. I, and if I ne- desperately needed money, I could always go to my mother to rescue. Yeah. But then. My mother died 2 years ago sadly, but even before that, 5 years before that, she was in assisted living and had no money anymore. Mm. And I didn't have anyone to go. I had to suffer. I always needed to suffer. And before that, like Letterman times and Tonight Show times, I had never really suffered. Mm. And so I didn't really feel like deserved success. It was on a certain level I didn't feel like I was didn't feel like a person, enough of a person to deserve it. I didn't feel like worth it. To fight for, I didn't feel like fighting for myself. A little I did because I fought to get on the Tonight Show. I wanted to get on the Tonight Show. I did Mm -hmm. it. I fought enough to get certain things, but I didn't have enough of a a center in me to want to go all the way.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense psychologically? uh, Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, it explains maybe a lot. You were talking about the regret on your on that podcast also about being successful in England, then going back to LA and having no work and. that could explain that as well you were suddenly becoming successful in the UK and you kind of left the UK at that point
0: oh yeah but actually you know it turned to LA turned out to be good because I did that podcast in November Mm. and I was getting a lot of work in LA so I came back because I got a corporate gig in San Diego yeah So for a a lot of money a good amount of money and they flew me in so Mm. that was the reason I was able to come Mm. and then uh and by the way I'll send you this uh and also these guys wanted me I'm in a doc I was a subject of a documentary in LA yeah Right. And so they wanted me there because it was showing at a film festival in LA, mm. the
1: documentary. And that's called Mentally Al, is it?
0: Right. Yes. Yeah.
1: Great. Well, Al, thank you so much for coming on this. I oh. was going to say was if people are listening to this, maybe they could listen to the podcast we've been talking about, The Mental Illness Happy Hour, because I think he really does go into detail in terms of your background. And uh, maybe crazy. just sue you. Maybe you sue you, Al. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you deserve for slagging Perfect. off the whole industry and every single place you've ever lived.
0: Okay. By the way, you could cut this, but do you feel, from what I told you of that story of that agent, that that is the type of thing I'd want cut?
1: I don't think so at all. It's you're you're talking about the the chances of an, an agent in LA listening to this are are, are infinitesimally small, and the okay. chance of them remembering that, and this is the bit I will cut. The chance of a, a of a remember, remembering a thing they've done is even <laughs> <laughs> he's even lower. <laughs> that is <laughs> I Have no memory of being otherwise right. they wouldn't still be
0: that's a great point <laughs> unless he is a uh, recovered <laughs> yeah. Yeah. do you think but a recovered is probably not likely to sue me because he's no longer a
1: <laughs> yeah but- <laughs> maybe that'll be the one good thing coming out of this lockdown there'll be a lot of cunts that are in recovery now and thinking maybe i shouldn't be maybe i <laughs> right. shouldn't be a cunts anymore right
0: i think that's true that i think this is a thing it's a, it's a cleansing in a
1: certain way, the positive side of it. You know? Yeah, yeah. You well, out. Al, <laughs> okay, thank, thank you. you so much for joining me. What a, what a, what a pleasure. It. What an honour. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. The amazing Al Bell, there, my goodness. Whoa, that was great. What a, what, a, what a guy and what an amazing comic. As I say, do check him out on that uh, podcast, The Mental Illness Happy Hour with Paul gil martin it's uh, brilliant and fascinating wonderful so that was our show for today join us again tomorrow for more psychomedy daily dose please listen back on all the daily shows all the main shows please give us a five-star review psychomedy is produced by mike hansen at Pop people productions check out psychomedy.co.uk there's mental health tips from our counseling partners thread up they were also offering free check-ins for people that can't afford counseling at this time so check out their twitter for details of that at thread up, underscore I'm Nathan Cassidy, lots of love to you all, stay healthy, stay optimistic, and tune back in for more Comedy Daily Dose tomorrow. Pod people.